Hello and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Ted Berg, joined on the line by my producer and certainly one of the top 20 co-workers whose names I know, Miss Hemel Javert. What a nice... Hemel, how are you? I'm great. What a nice introduction. <laughs> I feel like it's better than Luke gets. <laughs> yeah, as, you know, Luke is your mortal enemy, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, no, you're easily, you're easily top five co-worker. Good. But, uh, and speaking of which... You have an excellent guest for our podcast this week. Yes, I really was really am really excited about this. I spoke to uh, NHL goalie legend Martin Brodeur earlier this week. We talked about NHL playoffs, um, and he, you know, and instead of listening to me talk about hockey playoffs, I think we should hear from an expert. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. No, no problem. Uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you, so what are you doing with Enterprise? Well, we, uh, you know, we had a great partnership, you know, uh, we, we did uh, a few commercials out there. Um, I think it's been all over the, all over the, the, the hockey coverage lately. So it's been, uh, it's been kind of funny to see myself, uh, doing commercials, uh, <laughs> being, being a hockey player, you don't do that all that often, but, uh, uh, it was it was a it was a great experience and uh, kind of a funny one too with uh, me having the beards on with the kids and uh, yeah being in a you know convertible car and the midlife crisis line there so uh, <laughs> it was a it was a fun uh, it was a fun two days I spent in California about a month about about two months ago actually mm-hmm. um, you know, we, uh, we we kick it off pretty good uh, that's nice that you can laugh at yourself a little bit as well huh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You have to. <laughs> you have to. Uh, okay, so last night was the first night of the NHL playoffs. A lot of excitement. I have to ask you, as a goalie, what did you think about Matt Murray, you know, skating off the ice during warm-ups and then Marc-Andre Fleury being pulled in? You're a goalie. What is What does that do to the mindset of uh, of a goalie, but then also the team? Well, it's, it's something, uh, you know, I think they're, they're fortunate in Pittsburgh with having two number one goalies uh, mm-hmm. out there that any, uh, they trust uh, both of them. Uh, but it's something that uh, you have to give a lot of credit to uh, to Marc-Andre to be able to, you know, knowing you're not going to start the playoffs and next thing you know, you're, you're going to be the man for a couple of games. And, uh, you know, the way he responded and played that well was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah. Does, does Does it affect the team at all? Do you think – do you think that affects well, how just, they play? Just in, yeah, just in the fact that, that they, they trust both goalies, uh, and Mark mm-hmm. andre has been a while in, in Pittsburgh, I don't think it really affected them. They're, they're you know, a veteran team that, that um, has won, you know, they won the Stanley Cup, and I'm sure they, they feel feel really good about where their games are at right now. But um, obviously it's a shock, you know, when your top goalie go, goes out in warm-ups just before the, you know, this, you know the playoff starts. It's always something that you have to, to adjust a little bit. But I, I'm pretty sure. Like I can't talk for them uh, mm-hmm. but from the outside. Uh, I don't think it's a big drop off to have the flurry instead of Murray. That seems like they responded well, regardless. Um, and so on the other side of that matchup, uh, you've got Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, what are your thoughts on him as a goalie? I think he's you know the leading contender for the Vesna this year. Do you? Do you, what do you think are his big strengths as a goalie? Well, he's a really athletic goalie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's played a lot of hockey. Um, he, you know, he's that's as good a as good of a dominant season the goalie could have, I think. Um, you know, that's a team that didn't make the playoffs last year to to be a you know one of the top teams in the NHL most of the year. Um, you know, he's just a really good athlete. He's a fun fun guy to watch. Like okay? a if, you're, if, you, if you like goaltender and, and, and you watch Bobrovsky play, uh, you'll see this guy pretty spectacular goalie. And going back to maybe your own experience uh, being in playoff position, what do you think? The, I mean, I know you can't speak directly to what each team is kind of thinking and feeling, but generally the mood in a locker room at a time like this, is it kind of 50-50 excitement and nervousness or, or is it tense? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's excitement. I think all year um, you you get yourself in a position to to be in the playoffs and and, and to get a certain spot. You know, if you're going to start at home or on the road. Uh, but when day one comes in, you know the preparation. You know, now you're you always prepare really well during the regular season. But there's a huge emphasis in the playoffs as far as 
how you look at the other team. You know, you, you, you go through individual players. And, uh, you know, when the first day comes, you know, um, there's really an excitement. Some guys are nervous. You know, sometimes, you know, you have guys that have a lot of experience. So the other guys are some of the young guys, especially now in the NHL, there's so many new players. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger guys are coming in from college. They're from the American Hockey League, from juniors, and they're already playing in the NHL and they're living these experiences. So a lot of the unknowns for some of the young guys. Um, and But it's uh, I think it's an excitement because, you know, the, your goal is, is to make the playoffs. Now you're there. The second mm-hmm. goal is to kind of advance in the playoffs and that's what uh that's what it's all about and um it's the greatest time of the year playoff hockey you know you you just could tell like we're one day in and you saw some of the really good hockey uh, hockey games played already do you miss it at all i know it's been a couple of years for you you know what i I, i'm around it with being uh assistant general manager and and uh and right. goalie coach now for the rest of the season. So I'm around the team. I'm around the locker room. Um, so you kind of get your fix. I know mm-hmm. physically I can't do it anymore. <laughs> so uh, it's kind of uh, it's kind of fun to, to see the guys and help them out and and uh, you know see what, as as a manage, management group you know like you kind of go out and you make moves. You know this year it was a tough year in St. Louis because we had to you know we had to fire mm-hmm. a coach, get a new coach in. And, right. uh, it was a reset button that pressed in the middle of the year, and and it's been working out, you know, decently so far. Uh, we won last night our first game, so um, I, I can't say I miss it because I'm part of it. You know, I, I'm sure if I would be home, I, that would probably be a little harder. But right away when I retired, uh, I joined the Blues in the management part, and um, mm-hmm. it's been fun. And so, you know, you guys are made to the first team at least, and you still got to. I don't know how many, but hopefully at least like four left or three left. Um, what do you think is important for you as a coach to like stress with your players during the during that time like this? So you said earlier that you've done so much prep during the regular season. Season, is there any kind of emphasis that you put in on the playoffs of just keeping calm or remember what we taught you? Anything specific? Yeah, well, like I, I coach, I coach the goalies, so it's a little right. different. Uh, but you know, we we try to do a good job as far as is like you staying composed. You know, I think there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of things that that are out of your control, and it's really that really pay attention that what you can control is the most important thing in the playoffs, and and that's the hardest thing to do because uh, the adrenaline comes in, the emotions are coming in. And it's how you deal with this, and, and adversity will come at one point. You know, yesterday mm-hmm. I thought we did a great job. Like we got scored a late goal, but mm-hmm. we put it back together in between periods to be able to, to be successful in, in in overtime. So these are all things that, as a group, um, you know, you're you're learning uh, more and more. You're living it uh, more and more. You're getting comfortable, um, execute the uh, you know some of the stuff that a coaches wants out of you, but. Uh, it's a work in progress. Every day there's a curveball, and it's how you handle it. And uh, you know, yesterday was our first day. We had a good, good day of prep for for tomorrow's game. So do you get a do you get a lot of chance to watch the other games? It's obviously not while you're actually playing, but how closely are you watching the rest of the series just to check out what potential matchups you might be facing later? Um, or even yeah, well, that's one thing you don't. Yeah, this is one thing you don't do. <laughs> you're really focusing on trying to beat beat the team that is in front of you. Right. But again, like I'm a big hockey fan, so mm-hmm. especially on days off, I'm gonna watch. On on days that we play, it's a little harder. We we'll, we'll catch uh, some of the highlights and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, like uh, especially the first few rounds, uh, you you stay in your conference, you stay in your division, um, so you you should know, you know the type of team that you're uh, you're eventually might going to face. Right. So you're you're not thinking too far ahead. You're just trying to focus directly on what's right in front of you at that moment. Um, one of the other questions I have for you is, you know, we have a lot of people who sometimes don't watch hockey during the regular season, and they're kind of jumping into it because the playoffs are so fun and so exciting. Outside of the St. Louis Blues, um what, what do you think is the other series that people would really enjoy watching that you think is a great matchup? Well, to me, I think the Montreal Rangers, uh, two uh, original six teams, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's a pretty good matchup. Uh, two of the best goalies are facing each other in, in Lundqvist and, and Carey Price. 
Um, so I think this this series, you know, and then um, it started in Montreal last night already. Lundqvist, uh, you know, had a shutout and 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 Carey played really well. So I expect that series to go uh, uh, go pretty far and be uh, pretty intense uh, to watch. And I think for the fans, just because of the story of both franchises, um, mm-hmm. uh, it's a great matchup. And and also too, you you, you look at the at the new wave uh, Toronto Maple Leafs with all these young guys coming in facing uh, top high power team. Of Washington with Ovechkin and mm-hmm. all that, uh, that's going to be another fun one to watch, also. And my last question for you, kind of, you mentioned the young guys, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. Do you think they're kind of a new wave of hockey greatness? We kind of, you know, they've been hyped up, and so far they've delivered pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive, you know. Like in my days when I played, uh, it, it was hard for the younger guys. I think the the first ones were really like uh, Crosby and, and Ovechkin that they came in at a young age and mm-hmm. be dominant. Usually it took a little while longer to, to be able to establish yourself. But now these guys are doing it at 18 years old and uh, they're they're more than ready to, 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 to handle all that pressure to be like the, the next one coming. And uh, I think the NHL is in a great spot right now to for all the young talent that's coming up and uh, you know it's going to be good for their future. What do you think is key to sustaining that young talent? Um, you know, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews are both in hockey towns, right? Edmonton, Toronto, both really focus heavily on that. Do you think that that's a benefit to them? you think that's a little bit of a deterrent to be watched so closely? Well, I think it keeps them accountable, you know, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I think, my, the, you know the fans in Canada and even the fans are, are around the United States. Uh, they're all waiting for them to come in town and take a look at them. You know, um, we had these two guys in Canada, but you know, for a while we had only Ovechkin and and Sidney Crosby, both of them in the U.S. too. You know, so it, you right. know, it doesn't really matter where they play. I mean, they, they're so uh, they're so, such an impactful uh, uh, players uh, for our for our league and I think even for the network that are covering us. Uh, they always do a great job to make sure that these guys are in the in the forefront of everything. Um, and I know I said that was my last question, but I lied. This is my last question. Uh, NHL and the Olympics, uh, any thoughts on that? Um, you know, I've, I've played in four Olympics, so, right. uh, I mean, it would be it, it would be great for everybody to have a chance to, to, to participate. Um, but the Olympics only came in with – in 1998, there was no Olympics before, so um, you know, we'll, we'll, it's to me, it's something that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. But again, the NHL makes their own decision on that stuff. It's, uh, it's a big business out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and good luck in the playoffs. All right. Thank you. All right, so that was Martin Brodeur, one of the greatest hockey players of all time. That's pretty exciting. It was really exciting. He is with the St. Louis Blues now, which I know is a little bit weird because that's where he finished up his season, even though, you you know, hockey fans will always associate him with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, but it was so funny to talk to him because when I was just a hockey fan and not working in sports, like, I followed his career really closely. So I had one of those moments yesterday where I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm actually just chatting with Martin Brodeur. So, yeah, very cool. I find that when I interview people that – People who have become famous since the time I started in sports, I'm not starstruck by. Like, I don't have any sort of, like, hesitation about walking up to Mike Trout and asking him questions about baseball, about walking up to Bryce Harper if he's available and asking him questions. But the people who were famous when I was a kid or, or even just when I was a fan growing up, them I have, like, all sorts of jitters about. I mean, we spoke about this with, with Tabitha Soren, like, classic example of someone mm-hmm. who's like, I'm just like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. Like, she's a, she's on MTV. And then, like, you know, yeah. like Mike Trout, who's, like, going to be a Hall of Famer, one of the best players of every time. It's like, oh, there's Mike Trout. I'll go ask him some stuff. Yeah, it's really weird how that happens, but I have this, like, really hyper-specific memory of my one of my younger cousins was, like, playing roller hockey in his driveway and he was a kid he was like eight something um and he was pretending to be martin brodeur right and i so it's just uh, i was just like oh my god i'm actually talking to martin brodeur this is amazing well dope um happy happy we could have him on the show but we've got some questions it's it's friday and 
what what better way to spend our Friday afternoon than taking some questions from the internet? I mean, the internet is great at asking questions. Um, so let's start. Um, and our man, we we always use his questions because they're always good. And our, our man Dennis has a podcast at Dehab Show on Twitter. Got the ball rolling before we even solicited questions. Asked us some good oh, questions. He knows this so well. Yeah. He does. Um, so the first question he's got, which is a good one, uh, he says, what's the hardest sport to explain to someone who knows nothing about the sport? Now, I guess this this has to do with whether we're going with major sports or all sports. I'd say of the major mm-hmm. sports, to me, it's definitely baseball. What? You think it's baseball? Yeah, I think that I think that basketball and hockey are extremely similar, right? That that the goal is you need to get this object into that net, right? And that everything sort of falls into place around that. And like the same in football, like you the goal is to get this object across that line. And like you can explain it in that in those terms whereas I don't know, to me the the fundamental details of baseball are so much more intricate and so much less uh, like, I, no, I don't want to say obvious. You know, I'm not saying it. Just mm-hmm. you're so much less intuitive. I guess that that mm-hmm. to me that seems like the hardest one to explain. Uh, I don't know. I actually think baseball is pretty easy. You have to hit the ball really far and then run in a square. That I mean, that, I don't know what there else is to explain about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's true. And well, like outs and batting order and who you know, like I don't, I don't know. Okay, but. Yeah, batting is like so getting in the weeds. Like, are we talking to someone who knows nothing about this sport, or are we talking to someone who knows nothing about sports? Uh, I, uh, I would say that if you have a general understanding of most major sports, like you understand the premise of people have to score, I think it's okay. Uh, one of um, somebody else on Twitter, Ryan, replied and said that cricket is really hard, and I have to agree with him. I've tried to understand cricket. And aside from just people run back and forth, I, I don't understand it at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I have also, I, I have some, I think I've, I covered cricket once in like 2008. And even then, I didn't really know what was happening. Like part of what I was writing about was like trying to figure out what, what cricket's all about. So I have, a, a, I guess, a slightly better understanding than that. But to me, cricket is, is like in the same category about, uh, as baseball, where it's like all these different things are happening and like I kind of know the general object is to hit the ball far and run back and forth between the things and protect the guy from hitting your your wicket or whatever but again it would be like that same thing whereas I feel like if you know soccer right like if you're like a soccer fan and you go to a hockey if you go see hockey you can be like oh this is very similar right like there's a very similar idea here we're passing this puck down the, the rink to try to get it in the net basketball are very similar and so, like, I would see, I would say baseball and cricket, like the bat and ball sports, are a little bit separate than the rest. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think outside of our established sports, right? Like, if we're talking about all major league sports, I mean, are we talking about pretend sports like Quidditch? Because that's kind of interesting. No, I don't. Um, I, I don't, think that would be really hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that that counts because we don't have broomsticks and stuff. Also, because I've never. Also, because we can't fly. Also, because I know, like. I don't know the first thing about... Actually, that's not so true. I know that Quidditch is a Harry Potter thing, but I've never seen a Harry Potter movie or read a Harry Potter book, as we may have discussed. And so, I don't really... Well, Quidditch is hard to explain. I think Quidditch is actually kind of hard to explain because there's lots of different things going on, and it's not as simple as... like putting a ball through a net or like running in a circle. Right, but but it's not a real sport. Right, it doesn't, okay, really, it's not a it doesn't actually exist. So it doesn't. It, I don't <laughs> All know right, stop with your Harry Potter hate. I, mean, I don't stop hate it. I don't hate it. I'm just saying it doesn't. It doesn't really count here because, like, of course, it's complicated. It's played by wizards, right? <laughs> um, so for for in terms of real sports, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like more obscure ones, but like I feel like curling is a fairly easy thing to figure out. Like there are, there are details to it that are strange, but you're like, okay, this is like shuffleboard or or you know bocce or whatever other game you're playing where you're trying to get the thing on a target or closer to the other things. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess... Oh, oh, I got it. Because Only because I, I have no idea how it works. Uh, have you ever seen Australian Rules Football? Oh! 
so I have seen it, and I also read Nate's, um, like when Nate was at the Olympics, I think he talked about Australian, what, wait, did he talk about Australian rules football, or did he talk about rugby? But um, it was, I don't know do Nate's you, back catalog that well, to say. But no, 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 I do, I do know about Australian rules football, just because I follow Chris Hemsworth on Instagram, and he's a big fan of it. Okay, um, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but but um, have you have you ever attempted to watch it? Um, no, just because it's not really easy to watch if you don't live in Australia. Right. Well, so they used to show, and I wish this was still the case. Like, it used to be that that the sports networks like ESPN and we had Sports Channel in New York. Instead of showing, mm. instead of like filling the time with people yelling about sports they just would fill all the time that they weren't showing major sports with like random sports from around the world and so sometimes right. if you turned on tv at two o'clock in the morning uh, you could find australian rules football or as we always call it australian no rules football because it just seemed like mm-hmm. they're just making it seemed like calvin ball like they're just making up the rules <laughs> on the fly and so that would be one i guess maybe if someone could explain it to me i would know how hard it would be to explain to someone else but I have no idea what's going on. It's like sometimes they're kicking the ball, sometimes they're throwing the ball, sometimes they're tackling each other. Eh, all, th- all sorts of things are happening at any given time. I think Australian rules football would actually be super fun to watch just because I like um, I like because the chaos like, of it. I have, yeah, I so, <laughs> but I don't think it's really difficult. I mean, I guess if you want to understand the details of any sport, it's difficult to explain, but the premise is the same. You just got to get one, you got to get this ball to the other side of the field, right? right. I, that is, mm, I think that's pretty basic. It's very derivative. It's like rugby. It's like American rules football. Um, okay, so are you so are you coming around to my baseball? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that, I think the question is just that if we're going on a really basic level, it's pretty easy to explain all sports. Um, and if you want to take it, like, as to you need a real knowledge. I'm trying to think if there's, like, you need a better knowledge to really enjoy the sport, right? That's kind of how I'm looking at the um, question. So do you think that knowing more about baseball increases your enjoyment of Oh, de- yeah, definitely. I think that probably even yeah. more than the other sports because I think baseball has the least – like sensational action happening, or at least it happens the least frequently. Right? right. I feel like you right. can go to a basketball game, and guys are going to throw down awesome dunks, and you don't need like a lot of like sophisticated knowledge of basketball to appreciate that because it's awesome to see, and it's going to reliably happen. Whereas like a, a home run, which sometimes happens in baseball, is the awesome thing that you can see, but I don't know that you're appreciating like oh, wow, that guy threw such an incredible slider because if you don't know what a regular slider looks like, you don't know why that pitch looks so impressive. I agree. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, will, I will concede your point just because uh, I don't feel like fighting with you about it. Um, <laughs> but also because I would always – I think I would just pick hockey because it's the same way, though. You have to know a lot about how people handle their sticks and – shot velocity and all these little technical things that would really help increase your Icing, if you understand. Icing, that's like a big step for hockey. You know, and once you figure out the icing yeah. rules and the offsides rules, yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. I, I can't think of... I'm sure that there's something we're missing. Or, like, some sport, uh, like, hurling or, like, one of those... I don't, know, I don't know. I'm sure there's sports that we're not thinking yeah, I'm trying to think of Olympic sports, but... Olympic uh, sports are mostly really easy, right? Because it's just like, who runs the fastest? Like, that's... Right, who swims that's, the that's fastest? That's the easiest thing to understand. Yeah. Um, the yeah. one one that always jams me up is uh, biathlon, which does <laughs> cross-country skiing and shooting. And then archery uh, It's just rifle, riflery, I believe. You know? <laughs> it's amazing. Like, why? It's the, yeah. Um, <laughs> the... I don't know, what if you're in the wilderness and you yeah, don't? Yeah, I, mean, I guess I think it, that's a it, good is, skill. it is testing, like, the fundamental skills of being Scandinavian, right? But, uh, <laughs> but it's, just, it's just a weird one. It's just weird to me that those are the two things. Like, these two, you're going to cross-country ski, and then you're going to shoot some stuff. But you're going to cross-country ski with a rifle on your right. back. You're, you're well, and I guess anything. a big part of the skill is actually, because you're breathing so heavily from the cross-country skiing, that it's hard to focus the rifle, like it's hard to stay on target because you're you're like trying not to shake while you breathe so heavily. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. What is it, um, aren't you supposed to exhale, like, right before you take a shot? Isn't that what they tell you? I mean, I, yeah, I probably, um, haven't done a lot of (laughs) gun shooting. Uh, uh, one time I did that, but, uh... Uh, French bachelor party. It was you know, totally. It was it was completely legal. Just so right now, it wasn't like a yeah, wasn't on a shooting spree or anything. After last night's Mets game, this is from at Stephen. This is from Stephen A. He's at the nimble one, the letter, the number one. Uh, he wants to know after last night's endless Mets game. Mets played 16 innings last night. That's uh, Thursday night. He says any interest in mm-hmm. starting innings with runners on to goose a quicker ending. So he wants to know. So this has been something that's been proposed, which is. Uh, right. 11 inning or in the 11th or the 12th inning, uh, maybe sheet teams and they're going to try it at, at rookie level this year, I believe. Maybe baseball teams should start with a, a runner on second base in the late inning. They do it in the World Baseball Classic as well, actually, uh, to just prevent uh, games from going too long. I say no. I say I think it's great to do it in the minors because I think that you need to protect minor league pitchers' arms and you don't want situations where Guys are going, you know, way too deep into games, and uh, you're hurting your young pitching prospects. But I think, no, at the major league level, I kind of want to have some faith in the sovereignty of the actual win. I guess I don't know how to how to describe it. I know that it would be fair because both teams would get the runner on second. But I like I like long games. Like I, th- I think that's fun. I think it's it's like an interesting little quirk of baseball that sometimes comes up that. Teams will play 18 or 20 innings, and they sort of need to figure it out as they go along. Uh, I'm for it. I mean, if and and I guess as a member of the media, like I I have a case that it, it would make my life less pleasant if I were covering a game and it's going 17 innings. But at some point, to me, it always just gets fun. And I you know no, again, no one wants to hear the media complain. If you're a fan and you're watching a game and it's going too long, turn it off. Right? It's just not that big of a deal. It's a baseball game. It doesn't mean anything. So, so you just turn it off. Uh, I, I can see why the players might complain, but uh, the players know what they're getting into. And I think even for the players, at some some inning or some hour, it becomes sort of like slap happy fun. I absolutely agree with you. I think that having runners on during these games is a terrible idea because one, you're right. Like one of the best things and some of my fondest baseball memories are the the baseball games that stretch into almost endless innings because you build up that anticipation of, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Even if it's a regular season game, right? And I think that to take that away or to preemptively try to end it would really, um, one, it would be capitulating to, you know, naysayers who think that baseball is, you know, goes on for too long. But I really think that it would just take something like so magical out of the game. Yeah, I mean, um, so in hockey, go on. In hockey, they instituted the shootout, right? Because it wasn't so much that games were running on for too long, but it was because games were ending in ties and people didn't like that. But part of it was also they didn't want to keep playing endless overtimes because it was, like, physically bad for the players to have to play these, like, long Well, yeah, games. I mean, it's just a much more physical um, sport, right? Like, you're, you're constantly right. ice skating. It takes a lot out of you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I can see why they implemented a shootout in hockey because it kind of gives you a finite end and it takes a lot of pressure off the players. But, you know, baseball is not that taxing. I know 16 innings is a long time, but a lot of these guys are just sitting there, you know. For the pitchers, it's it's kind of excruciating. And and you could Um, see, I mean, in this game, you could see that there were guys getting tired. Like, guys were taking taking really lame slings late in the game. And and you could see, you know, you could see, but it wasn't. You never felt like, oh, God, you got to get this guy out of right field or else he's going to get hurt because it's the 16th inning. As long as they're careful with their pitchers, then you right. can just keep playing. And then at some point, it gets wacky. They start having to bring in yeah. position players to pitch, and that will yes. yeah, that it. will hasten the ending for sure. You know, you can, <laughs> the team can always basically concede, right? You can always say, like, ah, 14th inning, but you know what? Like, I don't want to waste any more bullpen arms. I'll bring in this backup shortstop to pitch. And then that's basically like saying, you know, white flag, we're going to end this game. So, exactly. uh, yeah, so I don't really have an issue with it. I, I'm I'm all for it. I like, yeah. I, I love, you know, lo- like long baseball games, like the ones that go into crazy innings are actually one of my favorite things um, because it is just about 
that anticipation and the the drama is heightened and you know that something interesting is actually going to happen. So I don't see any I don't see any reason to to force it. And you know these long games don't really happen that often. So they happen just you know, often enough that it, it is interesting. If they were happening like eight times a week, that might be something that you wanted that you'd want to think. Yeah, about. I mean, and yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's not often that teams yeah. go to 16 innings, and when they do, it's fun. It's rare enough that I'm for it. This one's the next one's yeah. from Charles, uh, our coworker Charles Curtis by Charles Curtis at by Charles Curtis, recent podcast guest. Uh, he wants to hear us both, and I don't really have much poetry. He said, but he wants to hear us both wax poetic over all things playoff beards. Uh, and wants to know in follow-up, what is the greatest weird sports tradition, and who grows the best and worst playoff beard? I'll defer to you on that one first. Who will have who will uh, have the best playoff beard, and who will have the worst playoff beard? Who will have the best playoff beard? Well, you mm, it depends on your criteria for playoff beards, because the San Jose Sharks are in the playoffs, and their two big guys, Joe Thornton and Brent Burns, have, like, continuous big, bushy beards, and Brent Burns always wins for for having the best playoff beard because he's just kind of consistently yeah he just can see yeah he's you know way ahead of the pack because he just already has a great beard um a lot of it depends on who is in the playoffs and I'm trying to go through like do a mental rundown so I without it, it's not really creative, but like you got to give it to the San Jose Sharks guys because those guys are old veterans, and they are very very good at uh, scraggly playoff beards. Uh, in terms of who has the worst playoff beard, I have to give it to my man Jonathan Taves just because he is old enough that he should be able to grow a playoff beard, but he hasn't ever really been able to make like all the facial hair on his face connect. So by the end of it, the end of playoffs, he just looks like he has like an Amish chin strap and it's just, it's not a good look. Oh uh, um, yeah. I feel for, I'm, lo- and- I'm looking him up right now. <laughs> I, I feel for this guy. Like shout out to John Gates. I got the same issue kind of like, I don't, I grow a really thick beard around the side and just not a real, not much of a mustache at all. This is like, this yeah. is like an exaggerated form of what I have, but this is basically my issue. <laughs> And it's sad because they've won the cup often enough that he just has to walk around with that weird yeah. Amish facial. Yeah, and he's like he's a good-looking <laughs> dude, while. you know. And it's like now and, and like yeah. that just it's not it it does not look good. Like some guys some guys can some guys look good with the beard. This is a, not a guy who looks good with a beard. <laughs> and I feel bad for him because he's like a handsome dude. But you know, for for most of the most important moments of his life, uh, his. Uh, his look has not been great. He's been photographed a lot, you know, on the ice, hoisting the cup. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it to Taze. I know a lot of people say Crosby, but Crosby's is fine. It's a little weak, but he has a pretty pretty okay playoff beard. Yeah, I like, I'm, I don't have, a, you know, yeah, I, I, the only thing I can say about hockey playoff beards is I think it's cool. I think it's funny that they all throw beards during the playoffs. Good for you. I, I've done it, like, it, it sort of almost happens to me inadvertently sometimes during the baseball postseason because I'm so busy. I'm traveling so much mm-hmm. that, like, I look mm-hmm. up, and it's like, oh, it's been two weeks since I've shaved. And then you're like, well, screw it. I should go for it. And then I'll go, like, <laughs> three more days, and I'll be like, nah, this is dumb. And then I'll shave. Um, I, I always wish that there was some, like, playoff tradition that women could participate in, but the playoff beard obviously is not one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I don't know. What is? What was the second part of that question? He just wants to know other, uh, weird, other playoff- weird sports traditions. Um I mean, in baseball, the big one is like, you know, you don't, you wear the same, you know, it's always like, oh, we wear this, like, if if I got four hits tonight, then I'm wearing all the same stuff tomorrow, and, you know, these socks have hits in them, or whatever, like, that. the, that's not, that's just superstition, like, I don't know that that's particularly weird. Um, I love the octopus thing in Detroit, I think that's funny. In Detroit? Yeah. I think that's funny, but as... You know, I think PETA has a point. It's mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, it probably re- results in the destruction of a lot of unnecessary Octopi. And I'll add that, like, octop- Octopi are, like, the smartest thing, right? Like, they're the smartest invertebrate by far, I believe. And they... Yeah, they're, like, the nerds. They, like, might have feelings, for all we know. And, like, we're just like, oh, well, but, yeah, it's too bad you have feelings. We want a hockey game. Um, right? So, yeah, um... Yeah, I get it. I get it. 
wait, did we already talk about this though? Like, what if you lose? Do you just take the octopus back home? Right, what right. Do do I don't. It? Yeah, it's, it's just it's it's sad. Then maybe you eat it. I mean, they're 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 for eating, right? That's why they. Ha- I I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I feel like you have to know how to cook. Yeah, them. I don't. That seems I don't like a particularly very particular like skill. octopus. As as I don't really even like calamari that much. Um, I you don't you don't partake in either of those things. But I find them both uh, very chewy and spongy. They're not for me. Uh, so so yeah. Um, all right. Now you made me feel bad about that. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm to, good. My job is done. Yeah, I'm trying. Right. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other good like weird sports traditions. Obviously, there are hundreds of them. But I'm trying to Well, but they all seem pretty. Uh, well, the playoff beard is, you know, across right. That's the what league, that's right? what makes it's, it so. There's not a lot like that where yeah. it's like it's so universal. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything that is uh, like a lot of like goalies have their own weird tricks and traditions and routines that they do, but nothing, nothing that it's a tradition that I can think. Yeah, of. Yeah, or there will be things that become like a team's rallying thing. Or things that are like, uh, there are obviously like sponsored traditions, you know, where it's like, oh, like mm-hmm. the now all the NFL guys are wearing pink this week, but that's like sort of part of the corporate thing, uh, you know. That's not really like the that, like the, the playoff beards is such an organic tradition that it's cool. Yeah, yeah, and I there was outrage when a this was like a couple of years ago, but an NB NBCSN executive. You know, it was just spitballing and was like, we should really tell these guys to shave because we can't see how handsome they are underneath all that facial hair. <laughs> and it was just, it, it caused like oh, outrage no. because obviously, awesome, bro. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is not what we do. Yeah, I was like, no, this dude doesn't understand hockey. Uh, speaking of understanding funny. hockey, and you, you can be, we can be quick with this because uh, I, don't, I don't know that anyone knows, but our man at Giraffe. J-E-R-R-A-F, Raphael Jerez. He wants to know, and I have no answer for you, he wants to know who's going to win the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh. Um, this is really this is really tough because there is the team that should win. Statistically, you, like, if you're going by regular season performance, the team that should win is the Washington Capitals, right? They have won the most games in the season, have been at the top the entire time, but this is the playoffs, so it really could be whatever team decides to get hot. Uh, the Capitals put in a pretty disappointing performance last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Maple Leafs are just historically have been a terrible team for for quite some time. This is their first time in the playoffs in like six, seven years, uh, and they were kind of expected to run away with the game, and they did not. They won an OT. So I will say that as somebody who logically thinks the Capitals should win, um, I'm a little nervous, and I'm actually going to go with Pittsburgh. I feel like the Capitals, they're not. it's not even so much a curse, but something happens to that team during the playoffs, and they always end up meeting Pittsburgh in the second round. Um, and I'm not really sure that they're going to they're gonna be able to pull it out. So, And I don't think any of the West Coast teams are real are not so much that they're not real contenders. We have some good teams out on the West Coast, but we're talking about like Edmonton Oilers, uh, Minnesota Wild, teams that don't have a huge amount of playoff experience. And when it comes to good teams plus playoff experience, it's it's Pittsburgh. All right, I buy that. That all lines up to me. It feels like I just feel like in my like I to me it's like the Penguins always win. So like Penguins or Blackhawks, yeah. right? So it's like ah oh, yeah, the Penguins will probably win. Uh, that sounds right to me. <laughs> Um, That's good. I'm all right, we got a series. This is some rapid fire stuff. This is again from Dennis. Uh, okay. How do you feel about mustaches? Oh my God, is this like a yes or no? I guess answer? so. I mean, what do I like? So, and it's just it's very general, right? I think we can take it any way we want. Like, I would say that uh, I envy mustaches. You know, like I said, I don't grow a great mm-hmm. mustache. There were times when I would have, if I could. Like, I think that probably ten years ago, I certainly would have grown a mustache. Then it came back became a thing like in Williamsburg and hipster circles like now there are hipster mustaches uh, that would make me less likely to grow one but I think that now mm-hmm. that that trend has abated a little bit I might again grow some sort of cool mustache if I could only grow a mustache like I think right now I think it would be cool because like the hipster mustache was sort of like your like your standard like 80s right. dad push broom stash 
Whereas I would like to right. grow like a Fu Manchu right now, like a biker stash, and I think that that would be cool, but I can't. Uh, so I've you've given me enough time to to really think about my feelings on mustaches, and I'm gonna say that I am 99.9% of the time against them, just because aesthetically they don't work for me. The only time I think a mustache is okay is if it is Timothy Oliphant in Deadwood. That's really <laughs> like, the only time. The only that guy I who is. What like... about like Josh Brolin in No Country for Old Men? Um, I have to Google him. I don't I don't remember what he looks like. But I remember that the only time I found somebody who had a mustache attractive was Timothy Oliphant. What about like I mean wait hold on what about like what about like Magnum PI? Oh no, that's like a porn stash. Like that like makes me heebie-jeebie gross. Okay, um, then you're probably then you're probably not gonna like Josh Brolin in No Country for Old Men. You can just skip it. Wait, let me look uh, yeah, you can just skip it like now and then. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. Um, no, I'm not, I'm not into it at all. <laughs> okay, that's fair. All right, so, good take. Um, I would, you know, I would... Good take. I would still do it. I, I feel like, and, and my wife would probably revolt if I, if I grew a monster, she'd be, like, right out. I think mostly because it wouldn't be about, like, finding it so hideous. It would be, like, I don't want to be seen out in public with you with that ridiculous mustache. <laughs> um, he also asked, laser tag or paintball? For me, this is easy, paintball. I've only done, I haven't done a lot, either of them many times, but paintball is super fun because it actually hurts a little bit. And that, to me, that just makes there, it just adds an element of adrenaline that doesn't really exist in laser tag. Um, I have played laser tag once in my life and it was a lot of fun, but I also found it kind of exhausting because you're running around all the time. Uh, and I've never played paintball, but I will say that for realistic experiences i would like to do yeah it's that. fun um you get to shoot your yeah. friends you know like that's in, not something not an opportunity you get a lot of times and it's a good time i recommend it um uh, again like <laughs> something i've done i think twice in my life but i would focus. it's expensive it's, though, right? it's expensive and Don't so you? like the one time i went one time i went with where like one time i went it was like i was 25 and i was uh chaperoning my 14 year old cousin's birthday party and that was fun because then i was shooting all these little kids um but another <laughs> time like some of my friends and i went to the place and we didn't have enough people to rent out the place and so there were like hardcore paintball dudes in there with us and they were so good that it kind of made it less fun for us because it was like these guys have like dead-on accuracy with their super fancy paintball guns and they could just kill you immediately. Like, they just shot you immediately and they have to wait for the next game or whatever. Yeah, that's not um, So, yeah, that's it's more fun if you can get it, like, with enough people where you're the only, where everyone is in, that's in there is someone you know, and you, no one you know has, like, the advanced paintball stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I feel like it's a big bachelor party activity, so I don't know if there's, like, a girls paintball league or something. Um, I'm sure they would let you go... To paintball as a woman, right? Like I don't think that's gonna. Like, no, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I'm laugh. sure they would. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever I, in my two paintballing experiences. I don't believe there were any women there, but um, <laughs> but I would guess that they will accept your money. I'm sure they're not going to. Um. All right. All right. Uh, is it ever okay? To date a friend's ex, I say absolutely. Obviously, I yeah. Obviously, depends on the scope of the relationship and what the friend, you know, where the friend is at. Like if the friend is heartbroken, if your friend is heartbroken because this person just you know dumped them in awful fashion, well then maybe no. But then also you probably shouldn't want to date that person if it if it went so poorly or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean. One of my best friends is married to another one of my really good friends' ex-girlfriends. But, you know, they met again several years later, and why would that have stopped them from falling in love? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Like, I'm trying to think if I've ever dated... Well, this is... So, I've never dated... I'm not sure I've ever dated a friend's ex, but I did date somebody who my friend had a crush on. And that was probably awkward. Like, I think that's where it gets a little yeah. funny, is that you kind of want to date somebody that your friend also likes. 
but yeah, I mean that you know, that is really like feelings. oh, I want to give my friend a shot at this one first or whatever whatever yeah. it is. But like yeah. also you, you know at the if you're if you're the friend in that situation, like at a fundamental level, you can't really blame you, right? Because he's like, well, I like him too. Like yeah, right. that's a that's a someone that we both find attractive. That's we we have that in common. Uh, but obviously, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. it's, That's one of those things where it's always hard to be rational because you're like, "But no, it's but no." Yeah, he's right. mine. <laughs> um, yeah, best candy. And especially. Sorry, oh no! Go, go on. I was gonna say, especially as you get older, it's gonna be harder to find people that haven't dated people that you already. Know. Uh, that's true. I mean, unless you're unless you're like dating online or dating, you know, whatever. There are a lot of different ways you can probably pull that off. But yeah, if you're dealing with a circle of friends people in your circle are kind of going to sometimes date, sometimes not yeah. date. You know, it's just, yeah. Sometimes not date. Um, yeah. Best candy holiday. Um, it's probably, I mean, he's asking this because it's Easter Sunday. It's Easter. Do you, you, do you do any sort of, like, do you get candy for Easter or anything? Oof. No, I think Easter is definitely the one that I have, I'm, I have a lot of conflicted feelings about it because, like, I understand that it's a Christian holiday, but lately my Facebook feed has been filled with, like, kids getting gifts for Easter, and that to me makes no sense whatsoever. Like, Easter baskets are, you know, now, like, almost like a, like a second Christmas because they get a bunch of stuff, uh, and... Yeah, and I'm just like, I was like, parents are dumb if you're falling for for this marketing ploy that you now need to make like a crazy big Easter basket filled with toys for we your would kids. Get, we would you're just we suckers. would get like a toy usually, but it wasn't like something. It would be like we got a basket for a little candy, and you'd get like like I remember getting like it would be like a wiffle bat and ball or like a big uh, styrofoam airplane. You remember those like a, like it's sort of like a giant yes. version of a paper airplane, mm-hmm. like stuff. Oh my god! I love yeah, stuff those. like that. We would we would typically get around Easter, and I think we would also tend to get like uh, usually I on Easter we get like one new outfit. But that was mostly because it was the spring, and my mom needed to get us new clothes, and so it was like, <laughs> well, yeah, here come here come your spring clothes as well with Easter. Yeah. Uh, well, I imagine yeah, you get an Easter outfit because you know everybody wants to look nice on Easter. Um, I don't. Easter is definitely a weird one. We d- I don't celebrate it at all. I it feels really religious. We're not Christian. Um, you know, I mean, you can there's, like, there's a lot of candy available, right? You can, you can, yeah, but it's all gross candy. Like I don't like Peeps. I don't like these Cadbury eggs. Oh, okay. Um, all of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I get the Peeps thing. I kind of like Peeps. Uh, I also get the Cadbury eggs, and eggs thing, but uh, because I think the actual Cadbury eggs are kind of weird and a little bit gross, like the, whatever the creamy goo and yeah, the Cadbury caramel eggs though are a totally different story. You should definitely check those out. Uh, and uh, there's tons of Reese's stuff available in various Easter shapes, which is really good. I'm not a, I'm not a big candy person. I I always think, like Halloween is easily. Oh the yeah, I've got that Halloween is a big candy holiday too. Halloween is. Yeah. Oh, but, oh, wait, is it a holiday, though? Yeah, Halloween's a holiday, right? Halloween's a holiday. Yeah, I mean, I would say even, like, you know, also Valentine's Day is the other candy holiday, right? But I'm Mm. down on Valentine's Day. It feels, like, loaded and a lot of pressure, and I don't know. I've always thought Valentine's Day is kind of dumb. That's, like, kind of a, it feels like, you know, it's a good good time to, like, my wife and I will buy each other cards or something, you know, like, we'll, we'll do some little gesture so you're not being mean, but uh, I don't want to buy into, like, in New York, it's always like, oh, $200 price fix Valentine's Day menu, and like that, that's yeah. nonsense, I don't need that. Valentine's Day, though, is just, it's, it's just set up to fail, because there's no way that you can actually, or I feel like there's a really limited way that you can make it, like, a genuine expression of love without it's feeling so, like you've yeah, been forced so to forward. do it. Yeah. Um, it's so yeah, boring. right, uh, right. Uh, I mean, it, and it's just, and it feels like also, it makes a lot of people sad every year. You know, like I like I know like <laughs> half of the people I know, their experience in Valentine's Day is like, oh, it sucks. And you know that kind of sucks. Like that's not that's not a good thing. Um, you know, I worked when I worked in the office. Um, when I worked at Politico, it was a real horrible holiday just because there was so competitive among certain women in the office, just in terms of if their boyfriend right, sent right, flowers like or didn't send flowers. Okay, flowers that you got yes. to the office. Or like, I mean, literally one woman was like, 
I told him not to send me anything, but now everyone thinks that he doesn't love me, blah, blah, blah. And right. I'm like, wow, this is right, messed yeah. up. Like, this is, like, yeah. I mean, my, my wife hates it if I send her stuff at work. Like, she has made it abundantly clear that, like, I am not to do that because she hates the yeah. attention that comes with it so much that it's like, don't just buy me flowers and leave them at home. Like, if you're going to buy flowers, just have them. You know, don't, don't do... Uh, she doesn't want. She doesn't want to participate in any of that, and I am very thankful for that. Probably why. <laughs> you picked. Well, right probably girl. why we get along so well is that she's. Yeah, she's not into that either. Um. All right. Uh. But yeah. So I would say for my best candy holiday, I was gonna say Easter, but now I might lean towards Halloween. I feel like you get a bigger variety. You wind up with a bigger variety of of yeah. candy on Halloween because more people are gonna have candy about. Um, whereas like people aren't yep. bringing in a bowl of candy on Easter to the office. They are yep. to, to, for Halloween. Also, you get to eat candy and celebrate paganism. So that's Halloween true. Well, yeah, I mean, Halloween is also stupid. I think most holidays are kind of stupid <laughs> to be honest, but, uh, Halloween at least leads to some like good, funny scenes. Uh, one time I... <laughs> This is not funny. I mean, it was actually super bleak. But I, uh, in college, I went to a party on Halloween, and there was a huge blackout. And so uh, we had, obviously, my friends and I had made profane jack-o'-lanterns, and those were our only source of light, so we took them to the party, and like that was kind of funny. But then at the party, a fight broke out, and a guy who was dressed as Gumby was like beating the crap out of a guy who was dressed as a crayon and it was like it was really really brutal fight like there's blood all over these people's kitchen floor and stuff but just seeing all the people all worked up in their halloween costumes like it was a very surreal and kind of hilarious scene i agree the everything is heightened on halloween which is one of the reasons i love it um yeah uh magnum pi one of my classic halloween costumes you would make a very good man. I uh, I can rock short shirts. I'll tell you that much. Um, but all right. Uh, related related question comes from our man at J Destro, guy I've met in real life. Uh, he wants to know why do I have to keep on living in this nonstop hellscape of terror and fear? And I would say that it is because you have no other option, right? Like, so your other option is not living in it, and that seems even worse. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I was going to say, you actually don't have to keep living if you don't want to, but uh, right. that, you that, know, feels worse that, than that would what suck we're currently more going through. Because then you wouldn't get to that see what suck. happens, right? Like, I want to know what happens yeah. on Better Call Saul, so I got to kind of stick around for at least three more seasons. That's my primary motive for for staying alive. I really want to watch the next Thor movie, so I got to make it till at least November. Yeah, there's always new stuff coming out, and I kind of want to be up yeah. with it, right? Like I want to see how Mike Trout's career ends. I can't be dying before that happens. Uh, exactly. Also, I I want to see if the Mets win a World Series before we go to World War Three. Let's. That, I want to see how yeah. this plays out. All right. Um. Yeah. So so uh, last couple. Uh, one from our colleague Maggie. Shoot, Maggie at Maggie Hendricks on Twitter. She wants to know if the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup, will my hometown become the most annoying sports city in the country? Uh, it's. I mean, I feel like Cubs fans have come on, come in hot with this World Champion thing, you know. And like now, there's a lot of Cubs fans getting kind of annoying. I don't know. I'm gonna still. I'm going to still pump the brakes on that and say no because I've been to Boston and <laughs> because I think that for Cubs fans enjoying this right now, it's like still so you're still like in the honeymoon phase and like it's kind of as an outsider, it's like kind of adorable to me. Like, oh, my God, like, look at how happy these people are. They actually won a championship. I don't begrudge them that yet. Uh, I will. I yeah. will. And, you know, if they win another one, like forget about it. But uh, right now it's like, yeah, go to town. Have fun. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that, the, one, the Blackhawks aren't likely to win, but two, even if they did win, unfortunately, Stanley Cup win matters so little, even in comparison. Like, they've won it so many times before, and 
just in the context of the Cubs win, it's gonna it would barely be a right. Yeah, I think they would still care more about the Cubs than you know the Blackhawks coming away with their fourth Stanley Cup in like five years. Right. I, I feel like that. It's just yeah. You know, like you said, like it's it's so small on that radar after the Cubs winning yeah. that it would it wouldn't change it all that much. Like it, it's um, yeah. I can see ways that Chicago becomes an obnoxious fourth city, but. To me, right. like Boston, at least in the run of success they've had with the Patriots and the Red Sox, that makes that right. makes Boston like the gold standard for annoying sports cities <laughs> right now. A hundred percent. And again, like I wouldn't have felt that way when the Red Sox first won the World Series because then it was cute. Now it's like, no, just shut up with this, uh, Tom. Um, and last question comes from at Reno Wallabout, guy who frequently asks questions. Uh, and, and he says, which sport has the best playoffs and offers that he thinks it might be hockey? I'm going to agree with him because they're very, very fast. They're very um, fast. They really take like two it. months. Well, I mean, the games are really okay. fast. You, you know, but the other, we don't really generally think about tennis in terms of having playoffs but to me tennis is actually you know you 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 only have one shot right like you get one match and if you f that up you're you're out for the entire tournament um and it's not really a playoff format but every tournament feels like a playoff format because it's not like these guys are playing against each other 10 times and then you're going to pick like who has the best record. Yeah, that's a good call. I was actually I was going to say college basketball for the same reason, right? Just that it's a okay. tournament yeah. that it's single elimination and moves yeah. so quickly. Um I love I love that the college basketball season wraps up with the conference tournament, which is like its own little mini exciting thing when you're playing then for the right to go to the big tournament. Uh that that's the winner. Like I love the baseball postseason, but I think that to me the the best part of the baseball season is like the length of it and the regular season. Um, and so I say for purely for playoff purposes, like I love the 64 team tournament. Yeah, for for playoff purposes, I mean, I will say hockey just because the, the tempo of the game changes quite a bit and every game is very fast, very physical. Um, there isn't any of that like extraneous uh, um, like fighting that you kind of see like boxing you know a boxing match breaking out in the middle of the ice usually so i'm gonna have to stick with what i know yeah i mean and i guess everyone's gonna be moved towards like because like for the major sports i would obviously say baseball because that's the one i want to watch the most uh but you know again i'm probably biased there uh trying to think i mean you know i watched the nba playoffs last year they were incredible so that was cool but I don't know. Is it fundamentally better than the other sports playoffs? Like, I don't. I think it just depends on the teams and how well things are going yeah. uh, year by year. So I would side towards the major sports outside of football. The format is fairly similar across the, across the board, right? So uh, I would mm-hmm. tend to go with the ones like the, like I think tennis is a good call if you think about tournaments like a playoff or the NCAA tournament, which is itself sort of the larger playoff, just because it all happens so fast, and like you said, like the one-and-done aspect of it. Yeah, I'll go with the tournament, actually. I think that's good, because I, to me, hockey does tend to go on a little long. Like, I don't think you need to make seven games in the first round. I think you can easily have that be five. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I waver, I waffle on this one, because like, the more games you have, the better chance that the actual better team wins, you know? But then at the same time, like, a five-game or seven-game series, like, in terms of probabilities, it's not going to make that big of a difference. Well, exactly, so, yeah. It's not yeah. like... Yeah. Um, like, I, you know, like, I, I would... I mean, <clears throat> it, it will never do it. But, like, w- would it be cool one year to see baseball be like, hey, instead of doing the playoffs the way we used to do it, we're doing, like, a seeded... 30-team tournament this year. Uh, I guess it would be 32 <laughs> to make it a good tournament. But I would totally watch that. Like, I would love to see that as an experiment. Uh, and again, one baseball game means nothing, and that's why it will never happen. But five baseball games don't mean all that much either, right? Like, you need, like, you need 162. Uh, the truth is, like, and this is something I cite all the time, uh, if you have two good baseball teams, to determine the, be- the better one, they, they would, to, like, just definitively, they would need a 269-game series. So it's never going to happen, right? And so, I don't know, maybe maybe you play three games. Like, maybe if it doesn't matter, maybe you keep it short. 
uh, again, not going to happen. Something I would like to watch. I agree with that. It's just, it's too much. But but you're going with, like, mathematical probability, which kind of takes... Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I am a, I'm essentially yeah. a robot who would be happy to have all of the games played out by weighted dice rolls. Uh, Hamill, uh, we should wrap up. It's been a while. We had... Uh, yeah. Thanks again, I guess, to Martin Brodeur, correct? Should we thank Absolutely. him? Uh, I'm yeah. very excited to, to hang out with him, and uh, he was nice enough to chat playoffs with us. Uh, you can check out the For the Win podcast at SoundCloud, at Stitcher. You can rate us and review us on iTunes. We would very much appreciate your feedback. Uh, you can check out Hamill on Twitter at, at HemJavery. That's H-E-M-J-H-A-V-E-R-I. I'm at OG Ted Berg. That's OG T E D B E R G. And we're both writing all the time at ftw.usadelay.com. Thanks for listening. And Hamill, peace out. See you later. <laughs>